This week's episode is sponsored by the Breakthrough to Excellence book. This book will help guide the reader through overcoming self-doubt and fear and acquiring professional prosperity. In this book, it takes a deep dive with research, science, and real-life stories of women who courageously push past the fear to conquer their goals. You can find out more at www.breakthroughtoexcellence.com. Welcome to the Breakthrough to Excellence podcast. I'm Jasmine Haley, healthcare provider turned educator, entrepreneur, and startup strategist. Not too long ago, I was burnt out, overwhelmed, depressed, and full of fear from a toxic work environment. I created my business out of necessity to create a legacy I can be proud of today. It helps me transform the lives of women every single day to pursue their dreams and entrepreneurial goals. I created this podcast to share the empowering stories of entrepreneurial women, help you break through self-doubt to your greatness, and share business strategies to help you create a thriving and profitable business. If you are an emerging entrepreneur or business owner that wants to create the mindset needed to escape burnout, reclaim your personal power, and pursue your entrepreneurial dreams, this podcast is for you. Stay tuned and listen in. Welcome to the Breakthrough to Excellence podcast. This is your host, Jasmine Haley. And this episode's guest is Jessica. Jessica Bull. She is a founder and managing attorney at J. Bull Consulting Firm, LLC. She specializes in collaborating with influencers, entrepreneurs, and creatives to ensure their business and brand have a strong legal foundation. Jessica is an active participant and volunteer within her community. She is passionate about empowering others to take creative control in their business, art, and content. She's a speaker, influencer, entrepreneur, and attorney whose experiences have enhanced her understanding of leadership and the power of perseverance. Jessica believes that you should go confidently in the direction of your dreams. Live the life you've imagined. Thoreau. Welcome, Jessica. Hello. Thank you for having me. Great oh, to I be cannot. here. Oh, I'm so happy you are here. Honestly, I don't think you realize that after my conversation with you, I totally started fangirling. Like, oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> she is amazing. How did I not know about this girl? I know. I know. It happens. <laughs> I'm a secret gem. That's why I keep telling people. Followers got nothing to do with it. I'm a, I'm a dope chick. You know, they're going to oh, learn. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Like I have met so many amazing dope people and like who are doing the thing. Like it doesn't matter the number of followers. Mm Y'all business owners, listen, it doesn't matter, you know, that amount. There are people that are having amazing businesses out there that are money. We're like serious followers. You'd be like, oh, I know. (laughs) Right. Like, don't believe the hype. Seriously. All right. So I want to get into why you've chosen this specialization, because what you are doing are literally snatching edges every day. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Because I mean, this is something that it's troubling. It's troubling. You actually just recently posted how someone, I, f- I forgot the amount. You can kind of tell about that later. And I was like, oh my gosh, somebody spent that much money to legalize their business, to start their business. Like mm-hmm. you're, they're being robbed. So just walk us into the journey of Jessica Bull and why you do what you do today. So my name is Jessica. As she said, you can call me Jesse. Um, 
Jesse B to be exact. I am one of seven. My my parents got married really young and had kids back to back. And so when you have that many children, you have two options. You either become a farmer. Well, you have three options. You become a farmer, you live in poverty, or you go work for yourself. Because no nine to five is going to support eight people. So that's what my dad did. So most of my life, not most, all of my life, my dad was an entrepreneur. And he instilled entrepreneurship in us very early. Um, I'd say growing up, most of us, you know, we would be in the kitchen <laughs> We would buy boxes of cereal and then package them in sandwich bags and snack bags and then sell them for 50 cents or 6.75 cents at school or to each other. So we would trade and do snacks and candies. And we were just very entrepreneurial. And that spilled over into our adulthood. And so um, out of all of our siblings, all of us are entrepreneurs. My mom's entrepreneur. My dad's entrepreneur. So it really was natural once I finished law school that I had already planned to serve entrepreneurs. Like that was always my my blood because it's in my blood. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. small businesses is how I was able to you know have the life that my that I had, and it was also the way that we as a family made our money. So when I was not offered an opportunity to continue in my prosecutorial role, I had to look elsewhere um, for a job. And um, eventually I knew I wanted to serve small businesses. And so I just went on that road and that's kind of how I got started. And that's why it's really, really close to me and important to me and why, I, because, you know, based on my history, I should do criminal or even family, but really small businesses and entrepreneurs are really my lifeblood. And as a Black woman in America, as for some reason, we feel it is our burden to help our people and our community. <laughs> we feel responsible for those That's around so us. <laughs> it's true. So, yes. Oh so goodness. I was like, how can I help my community? How can I bring wealth to the Black community? And I was like, let's use this law degree. I mean, Howard instills in you very, I'm from Howard. I, I graduated from Howard University yes. School of Law, the, the real H.U. Okay. Uh, the Mecca. Okay. So they teach us to be civil engineers and uh, part of being a civil engineer is not just criminal, right? We know that part of the issue in a lot of black communities is that there is not access to information and resources. And so I wanted to see not only how I could be a resource to those who are trying to come up, but a resource to those who are already present and offer a safe space. I, I don't want to say safe space, but a safe space and a way to move about. Because the truth is out of lawyers, there's only 2% of us are black women. Yeah. Wow. So I am a unicorn within a unicorn because out of all those 2%, how many are really running firms? Right. So yeah, I, I learned that. I was like, oh, wow. It feels like there's a ton of us because, you know, my community, I'm like, where are my sisters? But right. the truth is we're not. So it's not just a, a job for me. It's also a way for other young ladies who are interested in that field. Because when I was coming up, I could not find Black female attorneys. I don't know where they were hiding at. I couldn't wow. find them. So it's important to me. That's why I push, you know, social media and things like that, because I want people to know that one, there are attorneys out there who care for them. And two, that, you know, we out here doing a darn thing. So I think that answers, you know, of course a little bit, but yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm very passionate about it and um, I care a lot about it. And that's why I became, you know, a small business entrepreneur attorney. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we need people like you. I mean, honestly, you know, because it's lonely out here in these entrepreneurial streets. And it's also a lot of BS being taught. And when you don't 
when you come from a background like how I've come from where, you know, all you've seen is scarcity, right? And you may be the first generational whatever, you know, trying to do something different than you've ever seen before. You don't have the resources. Absolutely. You You don't have the capital. And, you know, entrepreneurship is already difficult. It's already difficult. And there aren't that many, there are many, but you have to find them like those hidden gems, the entrepreneurs that really care, really care about your success and want to see you, you know, win. Mm -hmm. And that's why I was like, when I found, I don't know how in the world I connected with you, probably on some group, but Mm -hmm. um, I'm so, (laughs) I'm so happy I did because you're, you're what's needed. You're what's needed for, for many entrepreneurs. There's so many that don't make it. There's so many that can't grow a profitable business um, for many various reasons. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So we're going to talk about legalization of business for entrepreneurs and how to protect them. That is your specialty. So let's first go into um, legalization. What would you say are some of the top downfalls that you've seen some entrepreneurs make mistakenly because they weren't aware that what they were pursuing was detrimental to actually their, to their growth. And I know there's a lot. So think of like the top, the top one. (laughs) You know, I actually, I, I did a workshop called uh, top 10 legal mistakes that small businesses make. So I, I, like you said, you met me on a group. So I'll be chatting with y'all because I, be, I want to know. I'll be like, what is happening? So number one, they don't form a proper business is probably one of the ones I see. Um, I don't know why, but this falsity has been floating around that a sole proprietorship is a better option. I don't know why really people keep saying that a sole proprietorship is only a good option if you don't want to take your business seriously like if you're just doing it you know if you're just making cakes at the house you know because you're just trying to get some holiday or vacation money i get it you know then yeah opening an llc may not make sense but most of the people that i've interacted when you say i'm trying to start a business the next word should be where do i form my entity i don't there's literally no benefit to that so that's the first thing the second thing I see is the the failure of business processes, specifically using contracts. I if you are a service provider specifically and you don't have a contract, like a like a solid contract, then you clearly do not want to get paid. That's how I feel about the situation. You are leaving money on the table and you are creating heartache for yourself because I can guarantee you that somebody's not gonna pay you. I can guarantee you, guarantee you. So that's that's number one, right? Oh, they didn't pay me. They and the truth is, if someone doesn't pay you, unless it's like fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollar contract, you have to eat those costs because the cost of getting an attorney to go after that person, you're gonna lose your money. So having the contract from the get go will stop you from doing that. And then the third thing that I see very often is these taxes. Hmm. Y'all don't want to file these taxes. You don't want to do them right. You're not declaring your funds. And what people don't understand is that the IRS has a very long memory. Okay, they have a very long memory. They will come after you. Like I don't, I don't, I don't understand what people don't understand. And the thing is, an audit 
it's very hard to pass. Even if you have good records and and in a good, you know, environment, because I think the ideal is like, oh, I'm not making that much money. It doesn't matter. But the, the truth in the matter is you, that money could add up, right? And they can call back and say, hey, we see that you've been in business since 2005. Why are you just filing a, a, a trade, you know, your taxes in 2020? So, you know, I would encourage everyone to, do your taxes and declare them and don't be trying to skate because once you're on their radar, you do not leave. And it is so expensive to hire a tax lawyer, period. Mm. The fourth thing I think is that they don't protect their brand. And I mm. see that this, this is probably top. Oh, Jesus. Okay. So if, if for the ones who are in business, they don't take necessary steps to protect their brand, trademarks, copyrights, confidentiality agreements, NDAs. You need to be on your Beyonce. That's what I tell people. Listen, do y'all see Beyonce? She owns everything. You need to be on your yes. Beyonce. Yes. So, that is what I say. So you, sometimes you have to slow down and talk to someone and say, what can I do or what should I be doing? Because yes. what's happening is often you want to do retroactive justice yep. for your yep. brand. And boo, yep. they've already made their money. So really yep. your only option is to take them to court. And so- as I say, social media, huh, does not protect your business. Screaming nope. at someone on Twitter doesn't get into their bank account. So yep. you need to go ahead and do trademarks and copyright your business. And I think often, you know, the the final, you know, one, of course, I'm biased, if they don't ever talk to an expert. Entrepreneurs are very DIY. They yes. want to do everything for free. And I get it, boo. But when you're really trying to scale, you have to invest. And that's just point blank, period. You got to get a bookkeeper. You got to get an accountant. And you need to talk to an attorney. If you are running a successful business and you have never talked to an attorney, I can promise you, I am 100%, I stand behind this, that that attorney, if you talk to them, a good one, they will most likely give you insight and help. One, For example, we are filming on November 13th. Did you know that if you want to switch to an S-Corp designation for 2021, you need to do that from November 8th to January 22nd. So you need to do it now, which is great for people who are making $70,000 or more so that you have less tax liability. If you've been running your business as a solopreneur and you're a coach and you're making six, seven figures, maybe somebody never told you that. Now, I should hope that once you get to that point, you're talking to a lawyer. But the truth is there's a lot of people who are making a lot of money and they're not talking to nobody. Yes. Woo! Ciao. You know, when I first started, like, for instance, what gave me recognition for brand, protecting my brand, was when I first started, a friend of mine had started their own podcast. And they had one name. And then they got a cease and desist letter from someone after starting the brand. You can't use this name. Okay? Oh, no. Yep. And they had to change it. Happens all the time. And so I was like, yo, I'm so happy they told me that. Because the first thing I did when I started my brand four and a half years ago is I went straight to USPTO.gov mm-hmm. and I figured out, okay, do I want to go the route of of hiring um, a lawyer at this point? Or you can submit it yourself. Now, mm-hmm. here's, the, here's the hard part, though, is that I still had a retainer, which I don't really recommend that now. You know, one of those, those, um, uh, what do you call it? When you have the lawyers like on a membership plan and you can okay, call so, at yeah. any time. 
Okay, you're on a subscription, a uh, legal-based yes. subscription service. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so okay. I did a legal-based subscription service, and I was able to inquire and ask questions, which was okay. important. But I okay. protected, I protected, I went ahead and protected that brand, and I'm happy I did. Because as soon as I had went out, people were, people, uh, about a year or two later, someone was using my trademark term mm-hmm. to profit. Mm-hmm. And, and had I not done that, I wouldn't have been able to send her a cease and desist letter for my to protect the brand that I created a few years ago. Yeah. So I think, you know, these conversations are so important to hear. Like these things really happen. Can you imagine if you put, if I had put years into making a business and Mm -hmm. had to try to trademark it after the fact and then send her a cease and desist, like it just wouldn't work. Sometimes it it wouldn't Mm -mm. because it's like you did nothing to protect it. So I'm okay with trademarking and doing the intent to use Mm-hmm. You know, um, before I actually put out a brand because it's it's you have to step into that CEO mindset. This is not a passion project cooking from your kitchen type of thing. Like, are you trying to create profit, a profitable business? Are you trying to create a legacy for your family? You're trying to break generational um, curses in your family. That's what I'm trying to do. Exactly. And I think it's like there's a level of seri- seriousness that we have to take and there's a, also a measure of scarcity in the minds of many entrepreneurs and thinking that they can do it all themselves. There's no way my books were a hot mess, Jesse, hot mess on my own. Okay. Year yes. two, I went and got me a bookkeeper. Okay? Go get her. Go get her. <laughs> Cause like, I was like, I was looking at my stuff and I brought it to like the accountant to do my taxes. He was like, mm-hmm. in the world, it was a hot mess. I think people forget that you want to focus on your genius, right? Like I'm a lawyer. I'm not, I mean, right now, you know, I'm hoofing it and doing certain things myself, obviously, but I went and got some help because you know, who's not a Canva expert? Me. You know, who's not a YouTube expert? (laughs) Me. You know what I'm saying? So you gotta, you gotta do in your zone of genius. And I think that often that DIY mindset is what keeps a lot of people from moving forward. And unfortunately, when it comes to branding, you know, and trademarks and things like that, I, I did want to touch on that. So the legal subscription service, I, I completely understand that. But that's that's another reason I offer flat fees. So most, mm. if you're working with me, most time it's going to be a flat fee. Now, I offer legal subscription service, but it's based on people who are trying to grow in a certain space, right? Like if you're trying to grow in a certain space. Because I learned early on, entrepreneurs want to be able to calculate what they need to do very early. And it's funny that you said, you know, what would it feel like uh, to be building a brand for years and find out, oh, I can't do it. Let me tell you how it feels. Because I got clients that that has happened to, you know, and what happens is you build a brand five, seven, 10 years, and you might not get hit with a cease and desist, but you also won't be able to grow. Because the thing is, once you hit a certain platform, you will get hit. It's not a it's not a ideal of if it's an ideal of when that is it. It's not an ideal of if it's an ideal of when. And so I've had clients who have had to completely rebrand. I've had clients who are currently have their application kind of just sitting in the wind. And anyone, I think I want to make clear, anyone can file a trademark application. Filing a trademark application is deceptively simple. I almost wish they would make it a little harder. Because I think the problem is because it's so simple, people have this impression that it's easy to obtain. It's simple to file, difficult yes. to obtain. 
Yes. There are so many elements and nuances. It is a legal process. Whether you mm-hmm. want to believe it, on the other side of that, on the other side of that application is a lawyer. It's yes. not assistant. There is a lawyer. And they're yep. gonna hit you with the legal law. They're gonna hit you with an office action. And if you yes, you can comb, you know, through everything and you can definitely figure it out. I know lots of people who hoof it, you know, they do patents on their own, they do trademarks on their own. But why would you do that? Like you're going to spend hours yes, going that is through true. That is true. You're going to spend, spend hours. Hours. You're going to spend hours trying to educate yourself. Yep. yep. You're going to spend hours trying to educate yourself. Now, if your name is more unique, you know, you have a higher chance, but like you're going to spend hours. And unfortunately, what I see often is I see a bunch of abandoned applications because if you don't respond or you don't, so then you just wasted your money. And a lot of times the attorney is going to charge you more to fix the problem than if you had came to them in the first place. I know I do. I charge more because it's a, it, I have to claw back everything, I have to re-educate, and then I have to submit in a timely fashion. Mm-hmm. So you end up paying the same, if not more, for me to fix the problem than if I had done it to begin with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, it's unfortunate. And yes, I spent hours. I spent yeah, hours. I know you did. Reading. <laughs> Reading on and on and on, watching videos from the USPTO Gov website before I submitted my first one, you know? And so like now my mindset is completely different. I'm like, who can I outsource this to? What do I need to sell so I can get rid of this task on my page? I want a half an hour phone call and it's done. Yes. Like... You know, when when you so many of us are like, oh, I want my business to be profitable. But yet we're spending so much of our time on things that are not income generating. They're just not. And we feel like we can't hire an assistant. We can't hire an attorney. We can't hire this and that. It's like you got to get scrappy. It's time to get scrappy. What do you need to sell? Is there some things you can sell around the house if you need to get the extra funds as you're starting to build the revenue in your business? Do that. Because at the end of the day, I'd rather protect my brand and what I'm building so that I can pass it on to my children with no issues, you know, if they so desire. And don't assume the attorney's not affordable. I think one of the misconceptions I see, I'm saying affordable within a sense. You, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's be reasonable. But I think one of the issues that I see is that they don't even, um, a lot of entrepreneurs don't even talk to the attorney to find out how much it would even be. Or you email the attorney, you're like, how much is the price? And they're like, okay, you're gonna have to pay $100 to talk to me. Oh, I can't do that. Now, I understand that everyone's on a budget, but you would never, you don't scoff at the dentist when they when they do a cleaning. You don't scoff at the doctor who'd be like, looks good. You just pay for that appointment because you're not paying for the time. You're paying for the expertise. Yes. So, I think oftentimes this misconception is you don't even go and price it. How do you know you can't afford something you have not even priced? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. At the very least, you can start working towards it to find out, okay, I know that it's going to cost me this much. I know that she can't help me with the whole process, but maybe I can pay for an hour of her time and she can walk me through mistakes on my trademark application. There are ways to go about doing it. I think that the ideal is seek it out, get a quote, figure it out. Don't just be like, oh, I can't, I can't afford it. I can't, I can't do it. You know, and there are ethical obligations that lawyers have that prohibit me from doing certain things unless we have some type of relationship. So I'm not being rude 
you know, when I say, oh, I can't talk about this in your, in my DMs. Like, no, you got to get on the phone call with me because we have to establish some type of relationship so that your stuff is private. Okay. And if it's legal advice, it's specific to your circumstance. There is not, there are general legal advice, right? Like you should start an LLC, but how you should set up the LLC, where you should set up the LLC, things that you should consider. Do you have more than one? They are specific to the person. So please be mindful of that when you are, that's just like a tip when you're moving with or working with a lawyer, you know, just ask them questions. It's fine to ask them questions. It's fine to inquire. But again, we, (laughs) we're not professors. Okay. So It's not, I often tell my clients, I'm like, you are worrying about this and I am the expert. I'm going to explain it to you, but we can't get into the 13 elements of the DuPont for trademark applications. You know, Mm -hmm. like, I don't understand what's going on. It's not your job to completely understand this. I'm going to fix the problem. This is what the problem is. I'm going to fix it. And so I think that's something, you know, you have to let that go. Like sometimes you like, you get like, you know, I work with clients and they just don't want to let it go. Like, I want to understand everything. Yeah, you're trying to you're trying to put in three hours of I mean, three years of school, hours Mm -hmm. of working with clients, my expertise into an hour session. That's impossible. Right. right. Impossible. So please, you know, that's just me having an attorney being like, that's a great way of reframing it, though. Yeah. Please stop. Like you can't. You're not going to, if your ideal to hire an attorney is like, I'm going to just hire the attorney and then I'm going to figure out how to do it. That you shouldn't do that because you're going to overwhelm yourself if you're going to go to somebody and outsource it. I have to do the same thing. You have to let it go. You have to yes. let it go. So find someone you trust, you feel comfortable with, so you can let it go. So when someone is looking, I'm actually glad that you mentioned that because that's a great segue to my my next question to you is like, if someone is looking for a lawyer to help them in their business and to see if they are a good fit, what would you say are some things they should look for? Okay. That's a good question. Um, so if you're a, I'm going to just speak for small business attorneys because every attorney is different. Um, and so just, I think the first thing you need to remember is just like everyone attorneys have personalities. Okay. So y'all see me, you know, I'm, I'm kind of chill. I'm bubbly. If you're looking for someone who is maybe more formal, you know, you're just like, I want them to be bop, 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 bop. Then I probably wouldn't be a good fit for you. Um, another thing is I'm virtual, right? I'm a virtual firm. Does that attorney have a local office that you feel comfortable with? Or do you prefer to work or do you have a problem working with someone virtually? That's something to consider. Another thing to consider is how you felt talking to them or how you felt about their process. Do you feel like when you reached out, there was good communication? Do you feel like there was good follow-up? I love my colleagues, but sometimes we're not great with the follow-up. So if that's something that makes you feel uncomfortable, then, you know, don't move forward with it. Um, Referrals are powerful, right? If you're a small business owner, you can ask other ones what they have used. The other thing you want to look for is what is their specialization? So if they are, there are lots of different types of attorneys. There are small business attorneys who specialize in different things. There are startup attorneys, for example. A startup attorney is not the same thing as a small business attorney. And so if you are doing a startup, that means funding and there's regulations. I don't do startups. So if you came to me for a startup, I might say to you, listen, I'm not going to do it. Or you might have an attorney who, yes, they're a small business attorney, but they specialize in nonprofits and you're trying to open up a nonprofit. There are attorneys who just do trademarks. 
They just do trademarks, which means that they'll go to the the appeals board um, and they'll take litigation. There's some attorneys who do trademarks, but they don't do litigation. I don't do litigation, right? So if you had a litigation issue for your trademark, I'm not your girl because I'm not doing it, right? So the I think you really have to narrow down what you're looking for. Does that lawyer have the expertise that I'm looking for? Right. Do they specialize or have the expertise that I'm looking for? And do I feel how do I feel or in the process or comfortability? Your lawyer should not be making you feel anxious or making you feel as if you can't get connected or get information from them. Now, you know, every firm is different. Sometimes you're not going to always get the attorney on the phone. That doesn't mean you're not being serviced or you're not being prioritized, but you want to feel comfortable during the process and believe in the process in which they're telling you. You have to trust your attorney. And if you don't feel like you can trust your attorney, you should not hire them. That's point blank period. Yes, absolutely. And so many of us, especially I think women too, like we we don't trust our intuition. If it don't feel right in your gut, like don't go forward. (laughs) Keep looking, even though it's a hassle for you right now and what you're trying to accomplish, don't Mm -hmm. rush into your decision making or who you choose to work with because it's and it's an important relationship. That needs to be established in business. Yeah. And if they have social media, check it out. You know, a lot of my clients, yeah. they'll be like, I went, I watched all your videos. I looked at your stuff. I'm like, great. And that's why I do it because I want you to be able to get an impression of me because, yeah. to, you, you know, to get me on the phone, you have to pay for my time. So yeah. in order to let clients see like, this is who I am, you can just go through their social media, you know, and a lot yeah. of entrepreneur attorneys, they have social media. They have something that gives you an impression of them. So, you know, definitely check it out. Definitely do some research. If they don't have a social media, though, it doesn't mean they're not a good attorney, y'all. It's yes. just like they don't have a social media. Right, right. <laughs> Thank you for that disclaimer. Okay. Relax. Relax. <laughs> All right. All right, Jesse B. I, this is my final question for you. So if you were to go back to when you very when you first started your business, the very first day, what advice would you give yourself as you're as you're growing your business? <laughs> Charge more. Mm. <laughs> Charge more (laughs) oh my god i was charging pennies um wow and that's a common problem right like yes at the end of the day i would tell myself i would say honey listen to me baby you are an expert you are an expert in your field okay (laughs) listen to me baby come close come closer (laughs) that's what i would be like come closer baby you are an expert in your field You have the ability to impact and help others and get them on a path. You care about what happens, which means that it makes you a better attorney than many others. And half of your effort is better than most of people's effort. So charge more. Not because you're trying to outpress. The misconception, especially for Black women, is that you want to make your, 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 your services accessible to your community. But everyone is not your ideal client. The person yes. who is using their business as a hobby, I am always going to be too expensive. It does not matter what I charge because I charge. So if I was free, <laughs> that is the only time it's acceptable. You need, yes. to, you need to match your prices with your expertise. People pay for what they find is valuable. Just because someone doesn't find it valuable doesn't mean it's not. And that's what I would tell myself because at the end of the day, it's not just about comparing your prices. You can go on Fiverr right now and find someone to do your trademark for $250. Are they going to do it right? I don't know. 
are they a lawyer? Probably not. Are they in America? Definitely not. But you can find someone. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's no shade. And you can find somebody. Yes. But there's a region, there's a Walmart and a Louis Vuitton store. It's yes. about who you are trying to attract and who is your ideal client. And the ideal clients that I like to work with are people who believe in their brand and business, want to level up, and think it is important to have an expert on a team. I'm not going to convince you of my services. I'm not going to convince you that you need an attorney. Boo, you knew, you know you need an attorney. It doesn't matter. I don't have to do any of those things. All I have to do is let you know who I am and if you feel comfortable working with me. And that's what I would tell myself. I would tell her a lot. I'd be like, girl, come over here. Drink mm-hmm. coffee more. You know, I got lots of things I would tell her. <laughs> I got lots of things I would tell her. I'd be like, get out of these groups, girl. They're not helping you. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Don't do no more free consultations. Are... Right, Don't right, right, right. <laughs> Stop it. They're wasting your time. Yeah. Right. Stop making it a 45-minute consultation. You know, for you I, not cut mine, I cut mine at 10 minutes for, because like, people, you know, if you want to work with me or not, you know, if you want to work with me or not, you sit here grilling me and then I never hear from you again. And that's fine. I don't have no problem with that. You are, you are maximizing. I get it. But that's mm-hmm. what I would tell myself. And I would encourage anyone starting out. I can promise you whatever you're charging, double it. Oof child double it this this is let me tell y'all i told i told her before we started recording i was totally fangirling on her okay i jesse b okay jesse b she has (laughs) shut it down so please tell um the listeners where they can find you and learn more about the services you provide and even she does an entrepreneurial series so please reach out to her please um share your links so you can be, I can be found at um, J Bull Consulting across Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, it's J B U L L Consulting, and I do a series. Uh, we're probably going to wrap up at the end of this year, and then we'll start up again in January called Getting to Gold, where I talk to entrepreneurs about their journey and what they do. That's just like my little pet project. Uh, but my firm is called J Bull Consulting Firm LLC, and we are one stop shop. So we do entity formation, contracts, trademarks, copyrights. We just introduced estate planning for wills and trusts because we want to help you from start to legacy. And we also offer uh, general counsel services. So if you have big projects or things going on, then, you know, we can help you with that. And I am in the process and we're completing out some courses to assist, you know, those who want to open up businesses the legal way um, for more affordable, for a more affordable price line. And so I'll be having a course called LLC Level Up. It's a mini course where you can open up your business in seven days or less um, with, you know, yours truly. And I think that's going to be an awesome way for even more people to be able to take advantage of legal advice with a, you know, a smaller, you know, price point, because I do understand you're on a budget going forward. And I want to make sure my community can always do what they need to do. Yes, absolutely. But thank you so much once again for being on the show. I value your time. Oh, thank (laughs) you. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for tuning into the show. Dive in deeper by visiting the show notes for this episode or listening to more episodes on jasminehaley.com. If you found value in the show, share with a friend or leave us a review. I'll see you next time.